You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. And welcome back to the Oz Network. We are back, and unbelievably, we're into season two of Nip Tuck. Can you believe it? Uh, and uh, we're going to start off straight away with uh, episode one of season two. Strange place to start, I know, but that's where we're going to start, um, which is uh, Eric Norton. So um, I'm Nick, and once you've seen my podcasting face, you've seen into my soul. <laughs> and my name is Ben And why don't we go somewhere dark And you can count the rings around my trunk <laughs> Damn it, you stole my end one oh, My bad <laughs> How you going Ben? I am going fantastically Nick We are into season 2 as you said And uh, I think you and I are very excited for this Because we talked it up a lot during uh, the first season And it's kind of strange as you said Like we're already here into the the second season but um i mean this is a great season this is there's so much going on here it's a golden globe award-winning season it, it won a golden globe for best tv series for this season as we've, we've mentioned during uh, our sort of first season worth of episodes and um yeah there's so much happening there's some amazing episodes one of my if not maybe my favorite side character of all time is in this season um and yeah there's there's plenty to get to so i'm extremely excited that uh we're here we're here already at season two yeah it's um there's just there's so much happens in the season as well you know it's um it's hard to believe that we're into season two because this is where i feel the show is at its real peak you you know you know these characters a little bit from obviously season one and now we're going to get into having some fun with them so we don't have to do a lot of exposition and set up on who these characters are because we know who they are and we're just going to rip into it. And there's some awesome, um, you know, surgeries and patients and stuff like that in this in this season as well. So there's there's heaps to love here, that's for sure. Mm, definitely. And, I mean, I think you even messaged me uh, in the lead-up to this saying how uh, you forgot how funny this episode was. And um, it's certainly got a lot of fun moments uh, in this one in particular as well. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a good way to start a very, very good season. Yeah, well, I wouldn't say that, you know, I don't know if this is ever going to fall into my, you know, best episodes of all time, but it has to be one of the most entertaining. Like, it's, you know, it's not that there's nothing here to talk about. There's going to be heaps to talk about, but it's all kind of just really funny stuff. And some of the lines are just hilarious, um, as we've already got alluded to with a couple of them. But, you know, there's just some really funny moments. Um, and, you know, there's just there's so much happens in this episode. So, I mean, let's let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. Um and there's no pre-credit scene. We just kind of we do a, a bit of a previously on, and then we're straight into the credits, which is uh, a little unusual. I can't imagine we're going to see that too many times. It'd be interesting to see if that's something that that happens a lot on this, on you know, in terms of the first episode of a new season. Yeah, it's kind of you know the recap, kind of just throwing you into what was in the last bit. But um, if anybody uh, basically needs a recap, you can of course download season one recap via the Oz Network. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting way of doing it. And I forgot they kind of did it that way because um, you know even after sort of the previously on, and then you get straight into the the sequences. I was like, oh, okay then, cool. But uh, it almost feels like a a reset button doesn't it? it kind of you know as soon as that happens you see everything then straight into the credits and then we obviously get into the opening scene it's kind of like okay cool we've started afresh and here we are again yeah exactly and um, one of the things i forgot to point out is that this episode first aired on the 22nd of june 2004 so if you're thinking about the way that kind of american tv sh- seasons go they always tend to you know you've got like your fall lineup and then your spring lineup and then you have these kind of new shows that often debut during the summer so this is season two and we're still in the summer um so it doesn't really get like a, a proper you know season start until the i think it's the third season right um, um so this was still a yeah i'm a show yeah i'm pretty sure it was the third um 
but it's it's kind of it's it's interesting sort of a lot of the shows you and I particularly have been involved in covering over the years and obviously Survivor was a key one and that started off as a summer show as well so it's kind of interesting how we like to start on these summer shows that kind of got big and then turned themselves into a you know a, I guess a normal quote unquote uh period of a, of a tv show but um yeah and it's kind of interesting isn't it to think that a, a summer show went on to win the uh, golden globe for best drama series i mean i wonder if that's a, a frequent thing if you went through all those golden globe winners and sort of outside that general tv um sort of scheduling i mean you know obviously notwithstanding nowadays that streaming shows obviously can win them but uh, i'm sure at the time it might have been something quite unusual for a for a show to to win it sort of not really on that regular schedule yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, um, we get into our first scene after the credits, and it's this whole kind of montage that, you know, everything's great in Sean Land. Um, you know, all the all the stuff that we saw at the end of the, the last season is kind of, you know, he's on the right track. And, um, you know, and obviously the, the big the big storyline here is that it's his 40th birthday and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, how long do you reckon we're looking at between, you know, when the last season ended and this one starts? What, what do you reckon the timeline's supposed to be? Uh, did we got a bit, I feel, in that first season, didn't we, where they said... I swear they might have said we're turning 40 in, I don't know if they said, like, weeks or months. Um, but, look, I'm, I'm, it's surely got to be a couple of months at least. I mean, you know, we're all over the place in terms of the timeline for, for season one. I think it's sort of it was around about a nine-month period, really, kind of given the, the birth and of, uh, of Wilbur and everything along those lines. But, um, yeah, it's got to at least be a couple of months because... You know, Wilbur, obviously, um, that's the name of uh, Gina and sort of Christian's son, just spoiling that because we don't think we've had that name just yet. Um, he uh, sort of looks at least a couple of months old when we see him too. So going via the age of the baby, that's kind of where I would go from. And I'm assuming it's obviously not long enough that kind of almost this new honeymoon period for Sean and, and Julia is still obviously, you know, very much in place now that they've rekindled for the first of a thousand times across these six seasons. So, um, yeah, that's kind of would just be a, a rough vibe of where I think we'd be at. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I've only got how many nieces and nephews. I should know how old a baby is by looking at it, but I can't <laughs> Don't ask tell. me. I've got no idea. Yeah, yeah I've, got no, I've got no idea. I can't really tell. Um, so, yeah, it's obviously a little bit of time has passed, but um, not a huge amount. But anyway, we get into this, this scene, you know, where Christian gives gives Sean a Botox shot as, a, as a, a present. And, you know, to celebrate his 40th birthday, you're getting older, you need to look good, blah, 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 blah. Um, and Sean's not having any of it at this at this early stage, and and obviously this is going to be the big theme of this episode is you know these two guys aging and, and the impacts of aging, and you know that's going to be a really big storyline not just for these two guys but obviously with um, uh, Erica as well. So you know the whole thing about getting older and, and the impact it has on you is is the big theme in this episode. Um, so we're going to touch on it again and again with these characters as we go through this. Um, but I do love you know like you, you know I don't need Botox and um, you better hurry up or you're going to be late to get me to my surprise birthday party <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's i mean it's, it starts off doesn't it with the tell me what you don't like about yourself which is pretty much how the first season started um so i i, I do i do think it feels a little bit cheesy the way they kind of do it the way christian sort of pops over the shoulder and he's looking in the toaster but um yeah it's an interesting kind of theme that it sort of is all about aging and that and even almost into the second episode we kind of get a little bit i mean i think it's almost a, a a very long-running theme of this season in general a lot of kind of you know a lot of the characters really experience this and it, it's funny because um you know i mean i just to sort of date this i recently just turned 30 
And, um, you know, when they're sort of coming, these lines are like 40s and you 30. And then we get, um, obviously, the storyline involving the uh, the gay best friend and the and the woman, um, you know, sort of just turning their early 30s. And they're all talking about, like, who who's all these people who have, you know, made it over 30? We couldn't name anyone. And here I am going, oh, shit, this episode's kind of depressing <laughs> me now. You know, I was 17 <laughs> yeah. when this came out, 13 years later. And I'm like, oh, God, this episode actually means something to me now. Shut up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely like that. I mean, same thing for me is a big, big age difference from when I first saw this episode to when I'm seeing it now. And <laughs> some of the stuff definitely does resonate with me. But uh, we get to this, this surprise birthday party. I don't know if you've ever been to a surprise birthday party where you turn up and everyone's wearing a face mask of the person <laughs> whose birthday it is. Like, that is just so weird. Um, I actually had a surprise birthday party thrown for me when I was 18, which was in a similar vein that it wasn't actually a surprise. Uh, somebody gave it away very, very early for me. So it kind of, I just had to pretend to be surprised. Um, but no, they weren't wearing masks. Um, but there was, I just love that scene when they're all wearing masks. And it's kind of like, where the hell did they get them from, first of all? And secondly, you know, the best bit of all of this, of course, is when all the masks are coming off. And there's Annie! We see her already, straight away. But um, <laughs> yeah. that's about all we see of her in this episode. But who cares? We got an Annie sighting that early. They should have been wearing Annie masks. Yeah, I definitely think we're going to get a bit more Annie in this season if I'm... If I'm remembering correctly, I may be wrong. But there I is an episode very soon that is very Annie centric. It's kind of like her yes. first real storyline. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're getting some Annie this season. Excellent. Now that's what we like to hear. But um, you now there's a few things I noticed about this whole this whole birthday party scene. One of them was that Julia looks a hell of a lot hotter than she did in the last season. Or is it just me? She has definitely improved her looks. I will definitely give that to her. Um, and uh, she barely moans in this episode. So, you know, that adds to her as well. The hair's kind of grown out a little bit. I think she's just, yeah, just looking a lot better. Um, and um, we get into the my favourite part of this whole episode. And I'm talking about it being funny. Like, this is my favourite part of the whole episode is when you know, <laughs> Christian has to go and milk Gina. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's, I mean, the way you put it sounds, it makes it sound so uh, romantic, doesn't it? <laughs> I just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, the one thing actually, I, I love kind of Gina's facial expressions a lot when she's in group situations because, like, it, just you see her, like, everyone's so happy, hey, it's Sean. And then you just see Gina's kind of just like, oh, God, what am I doing here? She's got this, like, sort of real bitch face smirk about her. And then just the way when they're in the kitchen and they're talking, the way she just comes in, she's like, we've got an emergency. <laughs> you know, She's just, oh, she's just so good. Gina's just amazing. But yeah, the the whole milking bit. What does he say about? Oh, your nipples are the size of pie plates. And yeah, yeah. Then, and then the whole. I see. I remember this. Like, uh, I think I talked in one of the episodes in the last season about how I even remember the ads, like the when they were advertising this in Australia. And I remember this one when they kind of. And it was a weird thing that now that I think of that they advertise this because it's kind of a bit dirty of a line. Maybe it was a late night ad. The whole, you know, I'm not swallowing. Why not? I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, pretty, it's pretty risque. But the, the part I love most about this whole thing is like, yeah, obviously, <laughs> like their reactions and everything are just so funny and, and priceless. But the bit I love the most is when he spits into the sink and the look on his face <laughs> after he spits into the sink, followed directly by yeah, him back in the kitchen being offered a glass of milk from Josie. <laughs> it's just like, it's so, it's so blatant, but it's just so funny. Like, you've just got to love it. Yeah, and the song. Let's. I mean, the, it's uh, called. I thought because this this is sort of you know I guess my modern music taste. As soon as I hear it, I'm like, oh, it's Wild Wild West by Will Smith. 
Uh, but it's actually a band called The Reflex, and the song's called I Wish, which obviously Will Smith sampled in his song Wild Wild West. Um, yeah. But it just, it works really well with the scene. And is this where we get that cut straight away to Sean's ass? Because I don't think we've seen Sean's ass yet until now. Um, so, hello, Dylan Walsh. Yeah. Hello there. How you going? Um, yeah, it, it's very like a Stevie Wonder type. Yeah, I thought it was now. Stevie Wonder until I kind of shazammed it. And I'm like, okay, no, it's not yeah, Stevie yeah. Wonder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's um, it's a really interesting one. So yeah, we I, I guess the one thing that we are sleeping on a little bit here is is um, Julia's announcement that her mother in laws coming to stay. Um, but we're going to get into that a little bit more in the episode, so we don't need to kind of labour on that too much. But yeah, we're going to get a bit of uh, Dylan Walsh ass. Um, <laughs> so if you're into that kind of thing, that's you're going to get some here. And you know this whole thing about him, you know, he he actually is feeling a little bit more vain than than potentially he was uh, pretending to be with Christian. And you know, so we get this whole thing about. You know what's he going to do, and and then we we get the, the our first real sign of what's going to be a bit of a, a running storyline. These first few episodes is this tremor that he has as he goes to cut the cake. Mm, this uh, what's it called a a yip or something like that that they yeah. mention afterwards. Yeah. Which um, and, I mean, speaking of kind of like cheesy moments when when you see him do it. And he kind of like, you know, stares at his hand with that slow motion. And then you kind of get, what does Christian say? Like, oh, got a bit of nerves there, old buddy, or something like that. And the way Matt's just like, no, it's just the old age. <laughs> like, it just feels, yeah. it feels very forced and kind of cheesy. Like, I think what you were saying about the dinner table scene last season, how they're all kind of those, you know, laughs and over the top things. That to me felt very like, wow, that's, um, that doesn't feel that sort of quality in a show like Nip Tuck. Um, one of the things that <clears throat> I, I kind of, uh, it's a real tell of um, John Hensley's acting is like when he delivers one of these kind of funnier scenes, he always does this kind of like smirky nod type thing. Like he does it all the time and he and he does like a perfect one in this scene. Like I don't know why I picked up on that, but I, I, it's something that he seems to do a lot of. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for that because it's definitely something that you see a lot in his acting in these first couple of seasons. And we've probably seen heaps of it already, but for whatever reason, I just picked it up in this scene. But um, yeah, it, it kind of ends up with, um, you know, Sean giving in and, and doing the Botox, and that's kind of the, the the button on this whole scene, really, is that, you know, he is giving in to that kind of thing about, you know, having to look a certain way, and, you know, he's got to, he's got to look, he's got to look, you know, good, because he's he's trying to sell plastic surgery to other people, so, you know, he's given in to, to Christian's line of BS, I guess, and um, that kind of takes us into our um, our main patient of the episode, really, I know, I know it's titled as being Erica Norton, but I think that uh, this, what's her first name? Ms. Zucker? Libby um, Zucker. That's right. Libby, that's right, thanks, yeah. So, so Libby Zucker, and that's going to be the, the main story of this this whole episode, and it, it's actually a really good one. I, I really like where this one takes us. And you know, <laughs> the funniest, I don't say funny, I don't know if it's the right word to use, but um, I can really resonate to this storyline, not because I'm a gay man who uh, has a fag hag, as uh, she puts it, but um. I have, uh, I've, over the years, I've had several, well, I still have several gay friends, and I've also have, I guess, friends who are girls who are, you know, very close to said gay friends, and I did have, uh, one of my friends who was a girl was very much in love with a gay friend of mine and kind of had this weird sort of relationship where clearly she wanted him more than he wanted her, um, and their relationship eerily similar to their relationship. They haven't quite shot themselves yet, 
But um, it wouldn't surprise me if one day she would do exactly what happens in this episode. Um, that sounds really horrible. She'll never listen to this, so it doesn't matter. But um, it's, <laughs> it's yeah, it's I, I, I really like this storyline. I think it's it's kind of, it, it's one of these ones, isn't it, where we've talked a lot about how the patients really have just, you know, they start off normal and just have very tragic backgrounds and then, you know, slowly gets worse. And this is clearly one of those. Um, and the, the actor who plays Chad is, uh, I'm going to butcher his last name, Chris Diamantopoulos. Uh, but, uh, all 24 fans out there, cause I know Nick, you're one of them would know him. He was, uh, Rob Weiss in, uh, season eight of 24. Um, and he's also, I mean, he's been in lots of things. If you're a fan of episodes, I don't know if you've ever watched episodes, but, um, he's cast or in cast of Soto in that, uh, one of the main characters in uh, a few of the seasons there. So he's kind of one of these ones that as soon as I see him, I'm like, Hey, that's him. And then, you know, he's yeah. been in, like, pretty much up, up everything that you kind of watch. So, um, he's, I mean, he's a good actor. He definitely kind of, you know, the way this is all played. But so is Libby. Libby Zucker. It's Romy Rosemont I'm seeing here. So, uh, yeah, I like this storyline. And I forgot, I, I knew this was coming in this episode, uh, this season, but I forgot it was so early on. I mean, literally the first episode. So, and and just let's, props, I don't think we really mentioned a lot about the makeup. I know we've mentioned about kind of the surgery and that, but the, the makeup on her face, I mean, that looks, that looks amazing in the fact that it looks so realistic and gruesome, which is obviously the point of it. But um, it, they do a very good job in kind of doing that injury, I guess. Yeah, I think so. And um, one of the things that I really noted about this whole um, storyline that happens in this episode is it actually it could exist without Nip Tuck completely. Like the doctors are just there as as like a prop, really, to the storyline and the and the relationship that's happening between these two. And it's really interesting that you know most of these patients we see are at least loosely tied to one of the doctors, if not both of them. And their storyline kind of you know connects. Like if you think from last season, for example, like the Nanette Babcock stuff. I mean, that each of the the three main doctors kind of had a bit of a role in her story and it couldn't have really existed without them but you know being a catalyst for the action but the stuff that happens in this episode it doesn't actually even need these guys to be there it's just about these two characters who we've never met before you know go on and have this really kind of um intense and powerful storyline and relationship through one episode and then they're kind of gone and you know it's a real testament to the writing and the acting that you can pull that off and yeah totally i agree with what you're saying about the makeup it looks awesome as well and it's um it's not over the top you know like you could have made this really intense like this could have been like tommy lee jones and um batman forever you know it could have been like really really bad and it's not it's you know it is really simple but still really really effective at the same time and uh you mentioned something there about kind of these uh characters who just obviously are important and go away uh, i want to take this opportunity to for the only time this entire season and probably for the rest of nip tuck unless we do an all season recap at the end of six seasons to mention the word grace because of course as we know she's no longer with us anymore she's just been written out of it completely no mention to her whatsoever and uh what what a what a strange world do we live in here in nip tuck not at all you don't even realize that she's gone so um let's just let's just as they did in the show no longer mention her she's done and dusted thanks grace and uh your name will never be mentioned again on the oz network i might have to just try and slip it on every now and then just to annoy you <laughs> i won't fun, say but... it for now i i swear right now between now and the end yeah. i will only mention her name on an all season recap and if i mention it you've got to call me out on it nick and you've, you've got to make okay. you've got to come up with some sort of punishment for me for saying the g word 
I might just like I might just slip it in accidentally, you know, just like that was a very graceful piece of acting, and just see if you noticed. Like, so let's just keep an eye out and see if I manage to do that. Um, so yeah, we we move on from that storyline. We're definitely going to come back to it, and um, I, I look forward to that. When we move on to um, the the first appearance of Erica, so she's going to be a bit of a minor character that we see throughout the the series as well, and you know this very contentious relationship that she has with with Julia. And, uh, you know, obviously she comes in and, and she wants to have a facelift, and, you know, because she's launched a new book and she needs to have a new picture on the back of the book. And, you know, she's she's always obviously been somebody that's always preached that it doesn't matter how you look and you've got to be a strong and powerful woman. And so this idea that she's now going to get a facelift just comes as a bit of a shock to Julia. And uh, one of the things that I really like is that, you know, the physical um, similarities between between Julia and her mother. They've, they've picked a couple of really good actresses here to, to pull that off. You do believe that they could be mother and daughter. And I wonder why that is, Nick. Do you want to do you want to have a guess at why that is? Because they really because are they mother are and actually, daughter. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, which is actually funny. I didn't know that until you know, probably a few years after watching this. Um, but yeah, no, Vanessa Redgrave. That that is really Jolly Richardson's mother. Um, well, so, it's one of those things where they, um, you know, they they could have, you know, not made it quite so obvious. And yeah. I actually think, like, it's in terms of because there's a different um, accent between the two of them as well. Like, they don't sound the same, you know. So you don't immediately suspect that that's the case. And you know, it is pretty brave to kind of go for this because it could have gone really wrong, but it actually does work out really well. And you know, I like the picture that they show on the back of the book. You know, it, it does actually just look like Julia. It's pretty crazy, actually. The, the thing that's kind of interesting, I think we touched on that, didn't we, about the fact obviously both of them are English. So it's kind of how we talked about how, you know, why didn't they just make Jolly Richardson's character English? Because obviously when they bring her mother into it, she's also English, so it would have, I guess, been believable. I mean, there's, I guess, no reason why that couldn't have been a, a thing. I guess maybe they just were so impressed with the fact they can both do an American accent. Um, yeah. The thing that I found actually interesting when... Um, you know, I, I discovered that the, they actually really were mother and daughter was, um, I don't even remember, if, well, probably a, a long time ago now, uh, the actress uh, Natasha Richardson, who was Liam Neeson's wife, she was in, like, The Parent Trap, um, you know, the Lindsay Lohan movie years ago. She died in a skiing yeah, accident, yeah. probably, ooh, going on 10 years ago now. So, um, it's kind of, I remember that when all that was in the news and they were kind of talking about her family, how, you know, it's such a an esteemed acting family. So esteemed to the fact that Vanessa Redgrave, which I actually didn't know this until just reading this now, was married to Timothy Dalton. She was married to James Bond. Um, oh my goodness! So uh, there you go. Uh, I don't know if that means that the Jolly Richardson's dad is James Bond. I mean, is this something that I'm just discovering? I think they were together after um, that, so not quite that exciting. But I just want to point out, like I, I mentioned, I think one of my favourite side characters is in this season. On the flip side, probably one of my least favourite side characters also gets introduced in this season. And this is Erica Norton. I am not a fan. She annoys the crap out of me. I've never been a fan of her. I can see, like, why they bring her in here, and I guess she kind of works well with Julia and, you know, just kind of how their relationship is. I get it. It works. There's nothing against the sort of the relationship, but she just annoys me. And just the way this storyline plays out with her kind of, you know, in the future when it comes to plane crashes and pervy, you know, younger men boyfriends and just, eh, I don't know. I don't know your thoughts on her, but she just really annoys the shit out of me. And um, 
the, the funniest thing, and this sounds horrible, but when you're talking about showing that picture on the book cover when she's all, you know, telling the story about, oh, the photographer had a raging erection when he was taking oh, yeah, the photo. Right, yeah. I, I'm thinking, really? You kind of look better now than you did in that photo. Um, so, I'm just like, yeah, that, that kind of was weird to me. But, yeah, I'm not an Erica Norton fan. She, probably she's up there with kind of your thoughts on Jude, except she's more of a, a relevant character in the show than Jude ever was. So, um, yeah. Well, I just, to be honest, I can't really remember a lot of where her storyline goes. So, I'm gonna that's going to be one I'm going to keep watching. And so, I'll reserve judgment. I think... I think she's meant to piss you off, though, and I think one of the things that's important in this season is that we talked a little bit about, you know, um, in the last season that Julia was was kind of annoying, was a bit of a Skylar White in those early seasons of Breaking Bad, you know, that they're there to annoy you and get in the way of what the main characters are doing, so you do, you're meant to not like them, and I think that Erica's kind of brought on board to humanise Julia a little bit and make her, make you sympathetic to what her storyline's going to be about, because she's going to take a few turns in this season that if you don't if you don't at least like a little bit of what's going on with Julia, it's going to be really hard to watch. So I think that potentially it's there to try and make you like Julia more than you did last season. That's my take on it anyway. And I think it works um, because it's kind of, yeah, I, I like Julia more this season. Um, so you make a very good point. Uh, and that's not to say I didn't like Julia last season, but yeah, I, I really think that, you know, she is that Skylar White type of character. And I personally never really found Skylar White that annoying across Breaking Bad. So, um, yeah, I think you're, you're absolutely right with that. And, um, you know, when she's not moaning, I, I, I don't really have a problem with Julia this season. So I think she, I mean, she well, has a great episode. One of the, probably the best episodes this season. One of the best episodes in Nip Tuck is, is very much centered around her. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, if, I wonder if they maybe did a bit of, you know, audience testing or really looked at the reaction that they were getting from the viewers in that first season and they just didn't quite get what they were expecting from Julia, that people didn't quite like her as much as they thought. And so, you know, I think that maybe it's just a reaction to that. But I, I don't know. That's just that's just a guess on my part, really. Well, I, I think your guess could very much be warranted and uh, one that I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for the rest of this season because I, I think you're onto something there. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll see. Um, but anyway, we uh, we move into uh, the, the Libby Zucker um, surgery scene. And, you know, this is, I don't know what you think about this, but I really like this. And I think this actually, this is a bit of a change in season two, is that I think we get a lot more of, we get the setup for a surgery, we go into the surgery, the surgery starts, the music starts, and there's no dialogue at all. And I think we get a lot of that coming into season two that we didn't get as much of in season one. And this is really cool. I mean, obviously, you know, Billy Idol's Eyes Without a Face is the, is the song here, which is really cool and, you know, quite fitting, I guess, for this this um, patient that we've got here. But it also just, like, the, the scene is pretty graphic as well. But I think that we're really going to see an upping of the ante in terms of, of you know, <laughs> how brutal these surgery scenes are. I don't know what you feel, but they certainly feel like they're getting more intense as we head into season two, as if that was possible. Did we uh, have this? So we had the scene here beforehand then with um, Christian when he says that line. What does he say? I plan on banging twice as many Mamazones this decade. <laughs> far more. That was going to be my opening line. 
Um, <laughs> so I sorry I stole your last one, but um, I love the way he says that. But yeah, I, yeah, this. I mean, first of all, yeah, Billy Idol. The song is amazing. It's great. It works. This is again one of these ones where it kind of works in well with the surgery. Again, going back to last season, they should have used turning Japanese. You know, it kind of it sort of it fits in well with it. But um, yeah, it is. It's very. The way you kind of see this surgery, and, and I think I was reading some trivia about it, how, you know, obviously they've got medical consultants on the show and kind of how it all is, and obviously they really, I guess, um, take the piss out of themselves in season five when that be kind of comes a thing, doesn't it, when it's sort of they're involved in a medical show themselves about medical consultancy and all that sort of stuff. But um, it's just the way kind of you see, like, where they take skin from, like, um, her leg and just the way it just looks so realistic, and uh, I think kind of with the trivia there, they were saying that, you know, they would often get commended on on these scenes because, like, none of these, what you see is, is actual surgery. Um, and, you know, people often would think that they just cut between real surgeries to show it. But, um, yeah, it's very graphic. Um, you know, I think we kind of mentioned the only ones that kind of make me feel a bit queasy and for you a bit queasy as well is kind of the eye ones and the face ones. And this was kind of one of those ones where you sort of see the face and you're a little bit like, oh, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it just looks incredible. It's, I mean, it's, we've already commending them a lot on sort of their, their makeup and all their special effects in this episode, but yeah, it works really well. Yeah. I think one of the things too, that makes this one stand out a little bit is that you, um, you know, we've seen lots of things where, you know, we, we cut somebody open and we, you know, we put something in them and, and, you know, I think this is the first time we really see all the little kind of, you know, the the mechanical bits and pieces that are going into well not mechanical but you know all the all the metal kind of pins and everything that have been put into her face which you kind of didn't see much of before I think this is really a first in that in that way so I think that's what makes it quite different and yeah anything involving facial you know, facial stuff is going to be you know, <laughs> pretty hard to to watch generally speaking so um you know and obviously in this scene we we get um, Sean has another tick or, or whatever you're going to call it and he kind of freaks out and you know then we head into a scene where he goes to the doctors and gets checked out and you know the, the doctor's telling him you know that he's got the yips basically that it's all in his head there's no medical issue with him at all and um you know sean's not too pleased about this he, he obviously wants to be told that there's something wrong with him that he can be medicated for and uh, he's not able to be medicated for it so like i said this is going to be a little bit of a it's not a an, an huge ongoing storyline but it's one that we're going to see for the next few episodes it's really going to propel you know the drama and you know it's going to set up a little bit of conflict between sean and, and christian going forwards as well so um it's a really interesting thing and i you know i should probably should have done my research but i assume that this is actually a real thing and just at a note sort of our florida watch i guess whatever you want to call it in terms of just the, the <laughs> setting can we just take a special note about this doctor's office <laughs> Um, I mean, this is, this is, I want to go to that guy's office. I want to have a yip. Um, that, that is incredibly beautiful. Just that sort of, you know, big window on the beach and all that sort of stuff. And, and you know, this, this doctor guy, like, I, I, does he ever, I don't think he would even like see patients because, you know, he's then going on about golf and his brother-in-law and, you know, he's, he's over-describing how amazing it is to play, you know, nine holes or 18 holes of golf. I mean, this guy's friends with Donald Trump every time he goes down to Florida and plays golf, you know, and doesn't run the country. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think it is a real thing. I think this is, um, I mean, this is a, it's, it's interesting the way he says that line when he says it's not medical, it's psychological. Um, I would assume psychological is also medical, but um, maybe this is just... Well, you, you, know, he, he, you know who he could have used here if it's a psychological problem. Uh, I have, I don't, no one springs to mind at all. 
uh, Nick. I don't okay, know. okay. Oh, that, well, that's good. We, we won't go on to it then. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of anyone that would ever be a, psychologi- a psychologist in this show. I mean, we've not had yeah. one, have we? Um, you okay, know. No, no, that's good. That's yeah, good. Don't yeah, know. But I, I, love how, I, I love how the doctor's got literally these people playing beach volleyball behind yeah. them. Like, how are you supposed to concentrate on this doctor giving you bad news when there's beach volleyball happening behind you? It's, um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I, I I really went to the wrong parts of, of Miami when I was there because, you know, it's, I mean, I went to the beach. I went to Miami Beach. It's a beautiful place. I didn't see any buildings on there that could have slightly resembled a doctor's surgery, though. <laughs> um, and if, if there was part of the beach that I didn't see, then, you know, again, maybe I need to get sick in Miami because I'd be going to the doctor all the time, particularly if, again, there's beach volleyball going on in the background. Yeah, exactly. And so let's move into the best job interview of all time. Yes. <laughs> this is this is a common thing. Let's be honest. This is how all my job interviews go. Oh, are they? Oh. Yeah. I'm obviously missing out. <laughs> Come to Australia, Nick. That's, it's, you know, where, where women <laughs> grow and men plunder. Uh, that's what they say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, um, Christian's obviously uh, thoroughly thoroughly pumping his nanny for information here as, uh, as he figures out whether or not she'd be a good nanny for him. Um yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure there's much, too much more to say here, really, except that she calls him daddy and he doesn't like being called daddy. <laughs> it's, it's. I would assume that Christian would like to be called daddy. That was kind of an interesting thing. Um, oh, maybe this will change for him now that, it, now that he actually is a daddy. He, does, he doesn't like being called that. I, uh, I do like the fact that, um, you know, she's covering her boobs when, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, the resume. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I forgot that she came back into it this episode. I thought this was just like one of those passing scenes. And, um, you know, I kind of I think we should have gotten a longer kind of interview process here with Christian because I, I can't imagine, you know, he just saw one woman and then just kind of hide her. I kind of assumed <laughs> there was a few possible choices. This is Christian Troy we're talking about here. Yeah, totally, yeah. There's got to be more to it than that. And he likes to be thorough, we know that. And let's also just admit that um, there is a recurring thing with uh, both Sean and Christian and their nannies um, in this show. Uh, yeah. You know, fast forward a few seasons and Sean has a nanny. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're going to get into that. That's for sure. But uh, yeah, there's not there's not really too much more to this scene. It's just a quick little fun scene and, and we move on to Sean stealing drugs. And he chews them. What? Well, who chews pills? Uh, are these a special type of yeah. people? Like, did you notice that? I, I did. That is uh, pretty strange. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I, I haven't taken all the pills in the world. I'm not a druggie or anything like that. But, I mean, whenever I've been prescribed tablets, I've never had to chew them before. So, um, I, I kind of like he's, you know, oh, just doing a bit of inventory. Um, and, I mean, he kind of owns the place. And, I mean, obviously, you don't want the doctors who own your surgery or whatever to just be popping pills in the background. But, um, you know, it's I, look, I, there's regulations. I know there are, but I don't know. It's just kind of interesting that all he's taking is anxiety pills for anxiety. And I love how these kind of say on it, like, fast acting or something along those lines. Maybe that's why you have to chew them, because generally tablets like that are not fast acting. So, um Again, that's the secret of Miami medi- medical practices is you've got to be on the beach, volleyball, and chew your tablets because then things will work. Well, maybe they're uh, anxiety pills for kids. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> or dogs. And then we, yeah. So, so, yeah, exactly, yeah. So we spent a bit of time, um, you know, doing some some talking about 
Sean's worries about getting old, and now we get into a little bit of Christian stuff, you know, where he ends up at this bar, and, you know, there's this idiot, like, bouncing around to the music next to him at the bar, and he tries to hit on this this woman, and, uh, you know, it's pretty much a complete failure. Um, you know, he, he doesn't have the skills he used to, or whatever you might say. It's, um, you know, it's a weird little scene, this one, really. There's, um, there's no, it just feels really awkward, and I guess you're probably just not used to scenes of, of you know, Christian hitting on women that that are awkward in any way, and it's yeah, it's it's kind of weird how they do it, isn't it? Because you don't want to see Christian kind of shut down like this, but I guess I can kind of see the reference to why they're doing it. But I love when he's at the bar and he just sees that guy like you know banging his head, douchey, and just the way he looks at him, and then he's just he's opening line. Which I mean, this is Christian. I think he was just off his game because again, that's a terrible opening line. Can you believe the shit that passes off for music these days? Again, he is an older man in a club where people of a young age are going to be. I'm sure that girls of that age do not want to hear an old man saying that because they like the music. I mean, think about how much you used to hate your parents saying, oh, this isn't music, it's shit. It used to piss you off. Like, you don't yeah, say that in a bar where you're trying to pick up some, like, 20-year-old. Come on, even, even the, me, this is me, somebody who could not even probably talk to that girl without, I don't know, running away scared. Even I know not to say that. Yes, yeah, exactly. So it's, yeah, Christian on an off night, maybe. Um, but, yeah, we, we see that even the... The smile doesn't doesn't get him by this time, which normally it would. So, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting scene. We, we're going to follow up a little bit more on Christian's concerns about aging as well as we go on, and you know, changing changing roles in terms of responsibility and things like that. But uh, you know, we we then follow into um, this you know the scene of um, of Christian and Gina having a bit more fighting. Um, and I mean, these two are—you you could watch them fight all day, couldn't you? Really? I mean, they these two just like bounce off each other so well. It's pretty impressive. I just—I would almost watch these two fighting than you know a lot of other characters, you know, making out or something like that. It's just—it's so good the way that they fight. Oh, we've talked about it so well about um, you know the, their chemistry when it comes like that. Um, but what is what is what do they say in this exchange or something like that when it's like oh you fired my nanny I make the rules and then Gina's line rule number one don't screw the nanny <laughs> like yeah I kind of think that's just an obvious one but I just love the way she says it rule number one don't screw the nanny and the way she holds the condom <laughs> she like holds it up yeah. like you know or, yeah. and, and Christians and the way he tries to defend himself rule number one don't screw the nanny I didn't. <laughs> As if I just you would like believe he, that. <laughs> I, I I like the thing where she um you know she pulls up the condom and then he says oh she was fantastic by the way a real spinner yeah what what the hell is a spinner is that uh, a term this is I'm where not I think you with? might use your imagination um, because it's yeah that's um that's what the kids are doing these days Nick come on <laughs> okay okay. Yeah, and so anyway, we get this whole thing of you know Gina's, and, and you know until until uh, Christian can sort of shit out, she's she's leaving him to it, and uh, and taking Wilbur with her. So you know we're we're getting more of this this dynamic between them, and it's going to be far from the the last time we get this. And we get into it's quite it's hard to believe that we're you know this is supposed to be our title patient, but we haven't even got to a console yet, really, have we? With with um, Erica. And finally, we get here, and and Sean, you know, he's kind of covering because he doesn't want to admit that, you know, he's got concerns about his his condition. Is that, you know, I morally I can't do the surgery, so I'm going to get Christian to do it. And so yeah, this is this is going to go well, isn't it? I mean, Erica Uh, and Christian in the consult room. Yeah, I do like the line when um that when Sean and and her are talking, and 
she says something like, oh, you've got a, an unconscious desire to hurt me. And the way he's like, I assure you, any desire to hurt you is completely conscious. <laughs> like, uh, Sean has some pretty good comebacks sometimes because he says it so sternly. And it's just like, burn. Um, yeah, this this whole sequence with, with Christian and Erica. Oh, no. Just no. I just, I mean, it's obvious that this is a thing. Um, and cause you could imagine that this happened at the wedding and then it's gone out. But like, I think the implication of them doing that at the wedding is enough. I don't need to see his hand sliding up her skirt. That is just, yeah. that is just wrong. That is just, oh, like, and I guess kind of, that's probably the point of this whole thing, you know? Uh, you know, Ryan Murphy just shocking us with this sort of stuff. But, uh, you know, Vanessa Redgrave acts it very well. It's, it's, it's her character. It's not the actress that I don't like. Um, but, ah, oh, just this sequence and just the cringeworthiness of, you know, when she's like, feel that, that's the fountain of youth or whatever it is, or like, oh, no. Now I just, yeah. I don't ever want to touch anything like that ever again because that's all I'm going to think about. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I have to say, this is one of the, the, probably the one scene in this episode that just, it doesn't sell me. Like, I just, I don't buy it. And none, none of this just feels real. It doesn't feel like Christian would actually go there, you know, like none of it kind of comes off to me as being real or believable. And, you know, it's only this one scene, but, yeah, it does feel, like you say, it's just tacky and cheesy and it just doesn't really come across in the way you'd like it to. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's And it's it's kind of, yeah, I don't even know really what else to add on it because I don't really want to think about it too much. But it's kind of like it's implied then, so we kind of get afterwards. And obviously they do stuff for like an hour, um, which again, like, does Liz or anybody else not walk in at this point? I mean, who does a consultancy for an hour on a facelift? Um, I'm, and like, <laughs> I actually don't even want to think about anybody walking in on that sequence, but, um, yeah, unless they kind of had to leave and bang in the car and just, oh, no, I've got to stop. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, let's let's not go there. Um, the the only thing that would have made this scene worse is if it um, ended with you know Mrs. Robinson. That would have been you know Simon <laughs> and Garfunkel. That would have been the only thing that would have made this scene worse. So let's just roll on past it because I don't really want to talk about it anymore. And we get into um, Libby getting her, her bandages removed, and um, this you know we're starting to get back to the story that I'm actually really interested in. So yeah, quite interested to talk a little bit more about this. And now when these bandages first come off, I don't know what you think, but I think like she looks a hell of a lot better, you know, like even though it's all swollen and all that kind of stuff, I think that, you know, she's, she looks really, really, you know, a hell of a lot better and she's disappointed that she doesn't look even better and, you know, and we get this whole thing between her and, and Chad and, you know, he, he just kind of lets loose, you know, he's sick of being around hospitals and tubes and all that kind of stuff and at the moment we as as an audience don't know exactly what what's happened here so we don't fully understand yet exactly what his issue is here that you know why doesn't he just walk and and obviously we know a little bit more at the end of the episode but yeah i just think that these two are just a couple of really good actors it's a shame we don't get them for more really and you know their life is definitely going down the toilet when they are wanting to watch glitter um so <laughs> What is what glitter? You don't know what glitter is. Glitter was um, Mariah Carey's debut in acting, and it bombed. It was just terrible. I mean, I actually honestly haven't seen it, but, I mean, you know, Razzie's galore and just, you know, it it literally, like, ruined her career for a good five years. So, um... It's like it's right up there with, um, with um, what was that one, the um, 
um, Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez. Oh, was what was that one? Yeah, it was around yeah, at the same right, time right, too. Right. We, we had a, a couple of turds like that, Crossroads with Britney Spears. Um, you know, there was a, a swept away with Madonna. It kind of seemed like the pop stars were just destroying movies at that point. So, um, yeah, there was not a good period in those uh, early 2000s for pop stars and acting. But I just I just love that line, the way they just say it's so nonchalant-like. It's like, but we were going to watch Glitter tonight. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, like, I agree with you. Like, absolutely, I think she looks a lot better, you know. But, I mean, I guess kind of you're probably in that situation you expect to take the bandage off and you expect maybe to be like, you know, completely healed. And I like her line when she's like, wow, I look hot. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of just the way she, then, I mean, I'm probably jumping out here and stealing your thunder, but when she describes kind of what they actually did with each other, um, and just, Oh no, 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 steal away. It's not, no problem at all. No. I mean, um, yeah, obviously we then get the flashback and it's, you know, this really cool kind of black and white flashback of, of the two of them when the, the suicide pact and, and she couldn't go through with it and he does, but he doesn't do the job. And, you know, this is the whole reason why he's still there and, and supporting her is because of the guilt that's associated with the fact that, you know, he blew half her face off and, and she didn't go through with it. And it's, it's also, it's kind of a weird thing because it's like, if you think about that, you put yourself in that situation, it's like, you have this weird pact. You're expecting to do it at the same time. And then obviously one of you is like, oh no, I can't do it. I love you too much. But then the other person does it. So it's kind of like, so you didn't love me enough and you're just going to kill me anyway. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's kind of just those weird things like that. But yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's very, it's deep, isn't it? Like, I mean, it's very full on um, to kind of have this. And the way it's sort of dealt with, it's it's kind of, I mean, I, I'm assuming kind of this has happened months before because I'm no doubt her recovery from nearly getting a head blown off and all this other stuff. And let's be honest, he's a terrible shot if he can't blow a head off from that close to a fucking face. Um, you know, so, um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting how, you know, they're still the way they are. And then, you know, he's still off going dating and just casually, you know, this, that, and everything. I don't know. I'm, I'm reading way too much into this. Maybe it's just too close to home in terms of, as I said, my friends and thinking about what they would do with each other. But, um, my friend would definitely shoot the other one. <laughs> but I've got to stop being mean to my friends. <laughs> Well, as you say, they're not listening. To they're us. not. It's they're really okay. not. <laughs> so. But you know, like it's. It, I think this is one of those really good moments on Nip Tuck, and they do it really well. Of, um, it's really hard to take a side with either of them. Well, it, it's hard to pick a side. I guess you do take both of their sides, and you you empathise with both of them. Um, and you know, this is where the show's really good because it, there's not an obvious way that you, as an audience member, should feel. And I think that that's really quite impressive. Yeah, and it's, it's, I mean, that's obviously what the show does really well, I think, too. So, um, I mean, it's just, it's, it, this episode, just the way it kind of deals with that side of things then and kind of, you know, sort of subtly on the humour. And I mean, this is just a, a real good mix of kind of this show. And I kind of feel like kind of with those elements you were just saying about and then just the overall scheme of this episode, this would be a really good episode to show somebody who's never seen Nip Tuck before and just kind of like, this is what Nip Tuck is. Um, you know, it's just yeah. kind of, it's got a good collection of, of everything in it. So, um, yeah, and, it, and it, just, it just works so seamlessly, doesn't it? Like, you know, it's not like it feels forced when they're trying to be funny or forced when they're trying to be emotional. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a good mix of kind of how they, they do it across this episode. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I, I just, like I've already said, I'm just, I'm really impressed that they managed to get these performances and, and this kind of, you know, the feeling that you get towards these characters from people that we've never met before when it could have easily been, you know, this is stuff that you could string it over three or four episodes and 
they just get that impact out of one episode, which I'm really you know amazed by to be honest. But um, let's move on anyway, and we're, we're heading on to um, one of the worst gym scenes of all time. <laughs> 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 I'm not exactly sure what that move that Eric is doing with the with the dumbbells at the start, but it's not something I've ever seen anyone do in the gym. Um, and you know, obviously, we get into this whole thing of you know. Julia finds out that Eric has slept with Christian at her wedding, um, mm. and, you know, and, and you know, and we get the whole thing that you know, obviously, Julia's got some feelings attached there that that you know, Eric is easy, uh, yeah, can read into really easily and doesn't have to think about too much. Um, <laughs> and uh, we end with a little bit of flashing, just what you always wanted. Yeah, I, I'm glad they got a body double for her because that clearly is not Vanessa Redgrave. I'm sorry, Vanessa Redgrave, there's nothing against you, but the way they cut to and from, it is not the same person. Uh, but, yeah, it's, I mean, oh, God, like, it's funny how you say, like, the worst gym scene ever. I mean, didn't we have that in the previous season with Jude? I mean, what is it with Julia at the gym with shit people? Um, but it's just... Yeah, yeah. Oh, bring back um, Sophia. You know, we, we want those scenes back. Um, but Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I, uh, I'm not a fan of this whole sequence because even like angry, like I think you mentioned it last season, how angry Julia kind of has that weird little head twitch going on about her. And like, I mean, it's her moaning that annoys you, but there's just sometimes like, it's it's fine when she gets angry, but there's just something about the way she does it in this scene that just uh, uh, irks me. Um, and I mean, her mother is a bitch again. I think that just purely is the case. It is definitely the case of her character, but I mean, like, could you, could you put your, like, I, I'm, you know, on the other side of things, I'm guessing it would be with our dads on our mums. Cause I mean, that would just be awkward if it was our mum. <laughs> but like, you know, being in a, in a gym locker room with your dad flashing, look at me, son, look how good I yeah. am. I have the body of a 20 year old and I'm hung like a horse. Like, I mean, you just wouldn't like, <laughs> not a cool thing. So... <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh well we i mean we'll definitely get some scenes that come pretty close to that later on i remember one with christian uh later on where he goes to the gym with uh you know the really buffed up uh, oh mario trip. lopez yes yeah, yes yeah so yeah. We'll, we'll get to that when we get there but yeah this is a pretty weird scene and obviously sets up this whole thing between you know julia and christian that we're still gonna we're still gonna keep coming back to that but you know speaking of christian we cut to him you know he's uh looking after wilbur and doing a fantastic job because he's um, banging the nanny up against the fridge <laughs> and uh finds out that um she's she's put is it, is it cough syrup she's putting on yeah. the dummy is it, it it's a bingatini yeah cough syrup which if you actually watch the scene closely when she dips it in the uh the bottle it doesn't even touch the liquid so um you know that's that's a bit of bad special effects or kind of just you know overall scheme of it but i love how she does this so nonchalant again like oh i call it the binkatini in what universe woman do you think that basically drugging a person's kid is a good thing <laughs> like i mean does she just do are all parents in miami shit and just generally she's lucked into the one who actually cares about their child like uh, i mean you know like if you had somebody dog sitting you know edge and tease are you going to be pretty happy to come home to see them passed out oh i'll just slip them a couple of roofies you know i mean you're not exactly going to be happy about that no no and i, I like the fact that she kind of says if you wanted a real nanny you would have hired one i thought what the hell are you then <laughs> i <laughs> mean some basic let's, let's just put it do. let's yeah, black yeah. and white and that's no disrespect <laughs> i'm not trying to be disrespectful to women or anything but her character <laughs> is one because clearly as you said you hire a real nanny clearly she's just in there to bang the fathers of these babies the daddy fetish as we already heard yeah exactly <laughs> so i guess that uh you know you're getting what you pay for i suppose you could say but uh you know christian shows at the door and um you know we end up back with you know 
Erica, well, we've got the scene of, of um, Julia and Sean and, and, and Beard and, you know, talking about Eric and Flash there and you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, sorry, did I get that wrong? No, 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 you didn't get it wrong. I'm just complaining that we had moaning Julia. <laughs> oh, right, okay. Yeah, you get, yeah, you, you get that from time to time, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, so we're, it, it seems like um, Sean's going to have to do the operation after all. So that that's where we're going to get to. And, uh, you know, we get this, you know, we, we're getting into the moan and then obviously get the phone call from, from Christian and, and Julia's around there to help with Wilbur. And I think this is quite a, quite a cool scene between the two of them as well, you know, of, of any kind of, you know, well, as as Julia tries to say, you know, any kind of um, lingering residual feeling she might have from a, a gone now, and you know, we get this feeling that you know we go on and on about you know Christian's a bad person, but um, you know, you still got to love him. He's just so much fun, and um, you know, even even when all this stuff's going on, you know, I I still like Christian. I have to say, well, you get it all from Christian in this episode. I think it's kind of, I mean, even with Sean, like you get really kind of their characters in a nutshell. Again, going back to kind of this is really that perfect episode of Nip Tuck just to show people about different things. I mean, we get caring Christian this episode. We get asshole Christian this episode. We kind of get, you know, needy. Like, we just get it all. And, um, yeah, this this whole sequence between him and Julia, uh, what is the line when he's like, why are you being such a bitch? And the way she's like, you slept with my mother. (laughs) It's just kind of, I don't know, that just feels a bit forced. But uh, her line is very good the way she says, like, stop hurting me because you can't have me. Um, Mm. Which, yeah, I mean, that's it's kind of true in a way, isn't it? Because, you know... It's like, as we kind of heard with um, with Erica before, you know, he had his eyes closed the entire time. And then she's kind of like, well, who were you thinking of when you were having sex with her? Um, so, and clearly he doesn't exactly deny the fact that he was obviously thinking of Julia. So, I mean, it's a very good point she makes. And, um, yeah, it's kind of, you know, his reliance on her and everything when it comes to, you know, Wilbur. and uh, Just on Wilbur, have we actually had his name mentioned? Have I Am I just jumping the gun here? I feel like we haven't had his name mentioned in this episode. <laughs> We've just got Baby. Um, but, yeah, it's... I think, we, I think we do get it. We do get a Wilbur mention at some point, I think, but yeah. Yeah. Um, or, of course, as he soon become known as Gabriel. <laughs> um, but... Yes, of course. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's 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 a very it's a very intense scene I find between them and it's I don't know like Jolly Richards in good acting in this scene uh, she's not moaning that's one way to stop her from moaning it's just get her you know yelling at Christian and we'll we'll take it yeah exactly yeah and um, so I guess we move on to the main event which is the the facelift itself um, and an, another really good scene like I you know I really enjoy the the surgery scene here again I think it's it's really well done. Um, I didn't have the music listed for this one, though. Um, do I have the music here? I... Oh, it's, sorry, no, it is. It's um, it's is it Bach or one of the? It's Mozart, um, I think, actually. From yeah, it's something like that. Anyway, we're showing what philistines we are, but um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 something like that, and you know, it's a, another really good scene, and and you know, I, I think that they've done a good job of, of showing that. I mean, we got a really good facelift at the you know, the, the obviously the pilot episode, but we get another really good one here, and I think we see the the true brutality of what this is like. You know, I don't know if it was you that was saying on one of these things, but you know, it's supposed to be you know, the feeling is that you like you've been hit by a car, basically, like you've been through a car accident. And you you really do kind of get that through this, don't you? 
Yeah, and it's 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 kind of through all that when it's you know Sean's I guess finding his um his excuses where he's got his twitch and all that sort of stuff you know because couldn't couldn't possibly offer uh, uh, operate thank you Ben uh, on her because it's like cutting into your wife's face and all this sort of stuff and um yeah it's again it's just it, the practical effects of this just how it all comes into it it just it it's brutal it really is brutal I mean this is kind of you know a glamorous industry where um. It's, you know, seen as nothing but, you know, boob jobs and, you know, making people look beautiful. But I guess to get that level of perfection, so to speak, I mean, you've kind of got to go through the ringer, don't you? I mean, I, I, I'm a person who I don't think has ever considered plastic surgery. I mean, look, seriously, you can't fix this perfection. I'm already beautiful. But <laughs> it's, um, it's something that, you know, it definitely puts me off watching this show because it's like, well, look, do you really want to go through all this, like, torture and pain just to add a couple of years to your face i mean i don't know yeah and i think just even like that you know when they're cutting into the skin and her head's jerking backwards and forwards it's like oh my god you know it's really hard to watch um and you know i think this is going to be an ongoing thing that we get through this whole this whole season and obviously the series in general you know like just the 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 operation scenes are really really brutal and this is no different um the one that really gets me is you know when they're doing the was it like the cheek lift um and you know they're kind of like pushing this needle kind of through her skin and you know using the thread to kind of come up and oh yeah it's just it's so intense eh yeah and it's it's interesting because i mean i'm i'm a big er fan and kind of you know that's purely medical basically i mean you know it's dramatic medical but it's not quite as outlandish as nip tuck and i i feel kind of in 15 seasons of er we never really kind of get this level of realism and brutality you know i mean Obviously, you know, ER started in the early 90s, so, you know, special effects weren't necessarily as on par as 2004, but, I mean, ER was still going on at this time, you know, in 2004, and, you know, there were definitely plenty of, um, you know, scenes in ER which were, you know, graphic and realistic, and I guess also you could tie that down to the fact that ER is a network show and, and uh, Nip Tuck's a cable show, so obviously they, the ratings are slightly different as well. But um, I still feel that from, you know, I think we talked about last season, you never kind of really associate Nip Tuck with being a medical show. And yet you probably have some of the most realistic medical scenes in any fictional television series, I guess, across history. I mean, I would be hard-pressed to think of any other um, show based around a medical profession that has more realistic, um, you know, medical scenes than Nip Tuck. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think, you know, they go for, like we talked about a lot, they go for the realism and they go for the shock value, but it's all in the name of the show, you know. it's This is where you get your shock value from, and they could go for, you know, full-on nudity and all that kind of stuff that, you know, other cable shows do, but they're going for the shock value and the surgeries, and it, it definitely pays off. There's, there's no doubt about that. And, you know, obviously, we come out of the surgery and, and um, you know, um, Sean admits to, you know, what's going on with him, and, and Christian kind of hits the roof a little bit, and, you know that we get this whole thing of you know, but, you know. I think Sean's really harsh here. He says, "I'm the, I'm the talent, and without me, we're, we're nothing." Mm. And you can kind of shock in Christian's face. He's not happy about it, and you know it's a pretty hard way to kind of leave this, really. Um, and you know, this is something that we're going to come back to again and again is is the contentious relationship between the two of them. But Christian knows that Sean's the more talented of the two, but you know he has to kind of. Um, yeah, he he has to kind of marry that with with the the realities that he he isn't as good, but he's still got this ego that t- tells him he's as good, and and that's something we're going to come back to again and again with this whole show. Yeah, and it's I mean it's touched on even a little bit in the next episode, obviously when it comes to 
you know, Sean's a talent, but I mean, he's made the mistakes um, when it comes to kind of the things that ultimately have cost him a lot. I mean, yeah, okay, you would argue that sort of the whole Escobar storyline wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for Christian, um, which your argument would be that it is true. It wouldn't have been if it wasn't for Christian. But um, yeah, it's it's kind of... It's it's just it's interesting, and I think we get a lot more conflict, obviously, this season between Sean and Christian, a lot. And clearly, there's a whole storyline around this for a large portion of this season. Um, but I mean, it's it just still harks back right back to your very first episode statement, where it's you know this is a heterosexual love story between the two, and you know I don't know if we've talked up a whole lot of that, you know, when we have, but we haven't, and it's kind of it's just the way it is, and it's kind of it's not so in your face all the time, but it's just. You know, it just it just works so well. So um, yeah, it's it's interesting, and there's always a lot of um, you know these storylines where kind of it's usually Sean who's always questioning kind of you know about this partnership, and Sean's the one who's sort of always wanting to do more with his life in terms of you know medicine than just plastic surgery. But um, it's interesting how he's kind of so defensive of this. You know, he's, if we if I can't operate, we can't operate. Line. Um, so yeah. Yeah, no, it's pretty awesome. And, you know, obviously we're going to come back to this again and again. You know, just the relationship between these two guys is what drives the show. And this is just another example of how good this this show really is, is, is because of the connection between these two guys. But, you know, let's get to this kind of, this finale bit between, uh, you know, Libby and Chad, which kind of ends this, this scene. And obviously there's a bit of a showdown between them. And, you know, he's, he's found a, a guy that, you know, wants to grow old with him and, you know, loves him and all that kind of stuff. And, and she just won't have it. And, you know, ultimately the scene ends with with her. Well, it ends with ends with a gunshot. Do we want to do we want to issue a spoiler alert here? Do we want to talk about what happens here, or do we want to wait until that's revealed in the next episode? I don't know. Oh, look, I think you could probably touch on it here now because I mean it's such a throwaway line in the next episode, isn't it? That you really don't you know need to cover it. But I actually forgot in the next episode that that was even mentioned. I thought this was just one of those ones that kind of something happens and you just assume that there's going to be whatever happens that she goes to jail or whatever. But, um, yeah, well, I mean, it just annoys me because, you know, the, the way I understand what happens in the next episode and, you know, let, let's spoil it because if you're, if you're with us, then, you know, you're going to get that next episode pretty soon anyway. But, you know, we, we cut from her to this gunshot and Liz, hears the gunshot and that's the last we hear of it. And, um, you know, what kind of annoys me is that, you know, on a show like this, you potentially, you know, it's not just going to be that she shot him. It could be that she's turned the gun on herself. You know, you just don't know. And I think it's a shame that we don't really get the resolution. We don't really get it in the next in the next episode. We get the... Now, am I right in saying that basically she shoots him and goes to jail? That's kind of how it worked out. Um, and they these guys have to go to court to, you know, testify to what happened and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and I think that would have been good to just show that. I'm not sure why they didn't. There doesn't seem to be a really clear reason why they didn't show that i don't know i kind of i feel it's it's one of these things that can be left open-ended um i I think it kind of it works to an extent like i mean if these were two characters that were kind of over multiple episodes for sure you'd want resolution but it's it kind of i think the way it works what you mentioned earlier this episode and the fact that you feel for these two you know so much even though they're just a one episode characters and it's kind of interesting that we get that brief mention. I mean, basically, yeah, I think it's mentioned that she claims that the morphine made her do it or something like that. Cause Liz is all like, you know, Oh, you know, bullshit. She just shot it, shot her best friend. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I, I don't know. I just, I think it almost works 
with this kind of open-ended sort of what happened to them. It, it doesn't bother me maybe as much as perhaps it does with you with that. Um, and, I mean, that's what I said. Like, I, I forgot we get that passing reference in the next episode to what happens. It's kind of like, you know, Nanette Babcock where, um, you know, you feel there's impl- more implications when it comes to what she does and you, you get almost a, a throwaway bit, obviously, because that related to the, you know, the epic who's trashing Christian's car storyline. Um but yeah, it's cause, cause kind of, you know, Liz, he's the gunshot. She's obviously going to walk in on, you know, her standing there with a gun. And, you know, she's obviously emotional. She's crying. Does she point the gun at Liz? I mean, I can see what your point with it and kind of how it all goes from there. But, um, it's also like, you know, does, do they then have to put more security around their guests? You know, cause are they just letting guns easily into the offices of, you know, McNamara Troy from that point? You know, it's kind of. Yeah. Well, after, after last season where, you know, um, Kimber's boyfriend comes in and trashes yeah. the place, like <laughs> you would, and you know, it, it is a quite a good question really, because, you know, you assume that these, you know, they've got patients coming in and out all the time, that there would be some kind of security arrangements. This is America we're talking about after all, but. You know, I guess that that's uh, not a, not the the key question in all of this. You know, to me, I think for one season, oh, sorry, one episode characters, we should have got the resolution as to what happens, and we should have got it here. You know, I don't think it would have killed them to to come back and show us exactly what happened. But you know, I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, it just seems a bit of a, a disappointing end to what was a really cool story in this this first episode. And uh, then we go into our our final montage, obviously with this truly awful song about oh, you switching think it's myself an awful song. I like it. Oh, it's Rufus Wainwright. Like, oh, I really, really don't like it. I think any song that has the has the lyric about my phone my phone's on vibrate is not a song I want to hear. Um <laughs> and We have a disagreement on music. Wow, there we go. Well, yeah, probably. Um, well, hopefully, we'll have a few along the way. We won't agree on everything, but um, yeah, I mean, this this is obviously going to the two main stories that we've got going on here that are that are going to go forwards a little bit. And you know, Christian's birthday party is a little bit uh, more relaxed than than Sean's was. It's just him and Wilbur, and you know, you know him wishing to be a good father. And uh, then we obviously get Sean with the cake, and he's cutting it into a million pieces to make sure he's you know he he, he doesn't have the the twitches. And that's kind of where we leave this episode. Now, I guess. My my only problem with this episode, alongside Erica Norton, is why why is Christian by himself on his birthday? Like, is this because him and Sean have had the fight, or you know, like we get kind of a little look away the bit there where he's got zero messages? And I, I kind of guess you know it's sort of the, the comparisons between the two you know characters is obviously Sean you know is a family man, he's got all these friends and all that sort of stuff. But surely you can't think that some of those friends were Sean's would also be Christians and like. I'm sure Liz, like, we no implications would we see Liz not at the point where she would attend something to do with Christian. You know, it's just, it seems strange to me. And, like, I don't know if this is just the point of it, that you've kind of got to see the loneliness of Christian, or maybe he's deliberately done this, but he still looks at his phone and sees zero messages. So it's kind of like he's looking at his phone. Does anyone wish me a birthday message? No, zero messages. So he's kind of there by himself. So... I don't know. It just, it just. I have an issue with that. That Christian has such a lonely fortieth birthday. Again, it's like it's not like they've all had massive fights with Christian. I'm sure there's still some people who would show up. Nurse Linda probably would. I mean, you know, why not? She was at Sean's. Um, Annie would. You know, loves Uncle Christian. Um, and Matt, like Matt, doesn't hate Christian at that point. So. 
Yeah, I don't know if that's just me or not, but that just kind of annoys me that poor old Christian's alone on his 40th birthday. Yeah, and then, I mean, maybe there's more to it than this. You know, it's potential that maybe they were, they were going to get together later in the day and he's just having a, a sob session right on, right on midnight or something like that. So, you know, I guess that uh, we, we need to, you know, have a look and, and, and see if there's anything in the next... But I don't think there's any... There's nothing in the next few episodes is it, that even alludes to this. No, no, and, like, I actually kind of... Um, I, I, I sort of thought that we maybe just got Christian's birthday in the middle of these two episodes and that it wasn't, you know, it was all about Sean's 40th. Um, I sort of forgot that we had this bit. But, I mean, look, problems aside with the fact that poor Christian's getting ignored on his birthday, it, I mean, it is a touching scene, you know, and, you know, we get that wish of, you know, please let me be a good father. And, again, it kind of touches yeah. on just all the elements of Christian's character, you know, that deep down within himself he's just this, you know, caring man. He just wants the best for people and... um I mean, look. I mean, it's just a song. I mean, I think it's it. It, it, it lyrically, maybe it's not the best, but um, I just think it, it works with the mood of this scene. I mean, I, I'm not maybe terrible. I guess as the running joke goes on um, Double or Seven, available by iTunes, is that um, hashtag I like die another day. So what what can I do to quote good music <laughs> here and there? So you know, playing into Ben's bad taste, as as Colin describes me. Uh, I have the music taste of a middle-aged gay man, so clearly Rufus Wainwright must fit into that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you might have uh, might have been pigeonholed correctly there, but <laughs> well, I think we can probably close out with this episode. And um, let's decide: are we are we buying or renting or binning this one? Uh, look, I'm going to buy it just because I think kind of the way I summarised it before and saying that I, I feel this is like that episode where you just show this to a. Um, uh, you know, somebody who's never watched Nip Tuck before and kind of just covers all the bases. And I, I just think there's so much to this episode that is so good and it just sets up this season so well. So, um, yeah, to me, I, I'm, I'm definitely buying this one. I think that this is um, a, such a strong episode. And I, I, to be honest with you, I think there's going to be very few episodes this season that I'm not buying just because, you know, it's such a good season. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a very good start to this season and I think easily you buy it. Yeah, I'd, I'd totally echo that. I think, um, like I said right at the top of the episode, that um, you know it may not be my, one in my top five of all time episodes. I don't think it's it's that kind of episode. It's not one that's really weighty and heavy and, and big issues that you want to un- unpack. But it's a hell of a lot of fun, you know. And there's some really some good lines, some fun lines in it. And you know, I, I think that's what we look for in a, in a fun nip tuck season. They don't all have to be incredibly you know weighty and, and big issues. And I think this is just a really fun one. Some good characters. We get introduced to some some big characters who we're going to have going forward. So yeah, I'm definitely going to follow you there with a buy. Uh, well, we're 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 spending some money this episode. It seems. Uh, hopefully, there's more, <laughs> yeah, more than one so. copy available at our uh, local DVD <laughs> store uh, or iTunes. I guess we'd be buying it on iTunes now. It's 2017 yeah, to date this. So. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> It's, uh, I don't think I don't think Nip Tuck's a Netflix classic just yet. No, it's not actually. It's not on Netflix. Um, no. So, and we've, what's our other one here in Australia? Stan. I don't know if it's on Stan. I don't know if you've got any ones out there in New Zealand besides Netflix. But um, no, well, we've got a couple, but uh, they don't have a whole lot on them. So, yeah. So, so that's us for episode one in the bank, and uh, we look forward to, to coming back with some 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 great stuff. We're just going to continue the fun, I think, and, and do episode two. So. Um, that's it for now and uh, this has been Nick and um, there will be no suckage of any kind and my name is Ben and you look fantastic you bastard thank you for listening to the Oz Network don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week for more information hit us up at theoznetwork.net